Ezekiel found himself walking amongst a devastated, defeated army in the book of Ezekiel 37. You know, the dry bones prophecy. And it's just a mess, and it's dysfunctional, and it's dead, and it's dry. Anybody ever feel like that? Just me, all right then. And, um, you know, the story, God kind of questions the prophet. I'll do my own paraphrase. So can we do anything about this? And the prophet's quite clever. He says, well, you alone know, Lord. And, but I want to jump to the end, the words at the end of the story when that devastation is turned into an army. And uh, it says this, this is God explaining what he was trying to show Ezekiel. Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up, our hope is gone, we're cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I am going to open your graves and I am going to bring you up from them and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. I have done it, declares the Lord. Anybody feel a little bit of devastation in your world? A little bit of dryness, dysfunction, disorientation. Uh, anybody pray prayers like, well, you alone know, God, what you can make of this mess? Whether it's the world around about you or your own home, your own marriage, your own kids. <laughs> Maybe some parents have prayed the odd prayer. Oh, Lord, you alone know what you can make of this one. <laughs> I love the fact that God takes the responsibility for the restoration. God takes the responsibility for the change of era and the change of season. It's God that closes the last book and opens the next one. He said, I will do it so you know I'm the Lord. I will do it so you'll know that your religion is not theory. I will do it so that you know that while I may be vast and infinite and all-powerful and greater than all the universes that you see, they live within the palm of my hands, you will know that I'm intimately still involved in your life. Even though I can frame the universe, I can come down with fingers so gentle and so small and so tender that the voice like the rushing of many waters can come like a still, small, restoring voice. I will do it. God's people this morning, let's remember whose we are. We are God's people. We will not get through by our own might, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit at work in you, God says. No, you can't bring up those children on your own. No, you can't make sense of your career. No, you can't do many of the things that you would love to be able to say, look what I did. But like the clay, 
messy and mucky on the wheel, we look to the potter. We say, God, form what you want to form. Do what you want to do. He's faithful. Anybody in the room trust God? Go on, yeah, yeah. We trust you. He's real. If not, we'd be doing something else this morning. He's real. He's powerful. And I was reading uh, a little bit earlier in the week, and it's just come to mind now, so I think I should share it with you and not what I planned to share. In Mark 7, you have this amazing story of Jesus performing this incredible miracle of a man who was deaf and was mute. He couldn't hear, he couldn't speak. And um, in the Passion Translation, it puts it this way. So Jesus took the man away from the crowd to a private spot. Then he stuck his fingers into the man's ears and placed some of his saliva on the man's tongue. I normally concentrate on that bit because I think it's funny. But listen to the next line. Then he gazed into heaven. Then, do you want to know where your miracles are? They're not sat among the pews here. It's not going to come from your pastor or your friend or your own mind or really the things that you aspire to see in God won't come from the strength of our own arms, will they? There he was facing a man who was locked within himself, couldn't speak, couldn't hear. But there was something else waiting in heaven for that man, a different book than was written by the hand of man, had been written by the hand of God. It's almost like when Jesus teaches us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, not, not down here, there's something up there. I don't know about you, down here depresses me. Am I on my own? I mean, whether I look to politics or scientists, clever people or thick people, if you read the news, you'll end up depressed. If you look to God, you'll end up blessed. It even rhymes. That's how good we're doing this morning. It even rhymes and it's completely spontaneous. Actually, I think I nicked it off Corrie Ten Boom. I think she said something like that. So down here is devastation, mess, short periods of peace when it's all together, right? But also long periods of either frustration or difficulty or even just plain old boredom. What's it all about? But Jesus gazed into heaven. Our Father art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus went to heaven's cupboard and had a look and saw something different than the cupboard of man, than the, 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 the best that man could do was not going to heal this guy. But he looked and he gazed into heaven. I just want to ask you this morning, what's in heaven's cupboard for you in 2022? Come on. Some of you, I'm sure you've had really blessed Christmases. Others would think, mm. <clears throat> yes, it was all right. But we've still got 2022. We've still got Omicron to survive. Omicron. 
I'd rather jump to Omega, anybody? Because he's the Alpha and the... I'd rather jump to the one who's the finisher of all things or the one who reigns over all this nonsense, whether it's politics, global, national, regional, or whatever. I know this much. He says, look to the things that are lovely and praiseworthy and beautiful and admirable. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Gaze into heaven and you just might find the miracle that you need. Why are we having a praise morning right at the start of this year? Because what we need is not going to come from the hands of men. There's something very sticky on this stage and I've stepped in it. There it is. That's what you get when you look down. <laughs> That's what the world's full of. At least it doesn't come from a dog. Yes, don't get me started. If we look down, that's the best we're going to get. So how's about we look up, gaze into heaven and say, I wonder what God's got for us in 2022. Because when you look up into heaven, he doesn't go, hey, look, I've got a cupboard full of depression for you. Oh, look how miserable it is. Look at all this sickness in my heavenly cupboard just waiting for you. Good heavens. When we look up, we find a cupboard full of healing and blessings and emotional stability. That's just, that's just shalom. That's peace. Nothing in you broken. Nothing in you missing. The goodness of God. Reasons to smile. Reasons to get up in the morning. When you look up to heaven, you won't find the, the, the muck on the floor of what's my life all about. You'll look up and realize God had me in mind before the foundation of the world. God had me in mind. I, I, God isn't kind of, we sometimes think that God is like this. Imagine that the front of the stage is time and somehow God's our big brother or our father that just comes along next to us and it's just nice to have someone stronger than us and cleverer than us, cleverer than us to help us through. And I think sometimes people think that's what God is like and we're shuffling along through life, but we've got big brother, we'll be okay understand this that's not true at all I mean it's true that he's by your side but grasp this if the front of this stage is time and here I am in today and there's the future God is not stuck on this timeline God is the very room in which we're all sat he's around all things before all things after all things he's the beginning he's the end he, everything lives in him he doesn't exist he is existence that's our God the Bible says that Jesus was crucified before the foundation of the world. Realize that he only ever starts something when he's already finished it. He knows what he's going to do. He's already worked it out. And so he comes back in the story. And he comes back. This is why the Bible says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. He's in your tomorrow telling you what he's doing. Not theorizing, not, well, stay a little bit braver and I'll shuffle you through one more step. No, he's already in your tomorrow. Guess what? He knows who you're going to marry. Oh, God help you. He knows. He's solved every problem. And actually, he's kind of working his way back to you not forward in time. He already knows tomorrow. 
If God was telling the Cinderella story, it will begin with marrying the prince and then work back through the prince trying to find her and the ball and the pumpkin, marrow, whatever it was, you can tell I don't know the story of Cinderella. And all the way back through, I just remember that she was mopping the floors at the beginning. That's all I can really remember. God doesn't begin with the mopping of the floors. He begins with the marriage to the prince and then says, right, let me come right back to where you are today and I will lead you to where I already am. Not where I'm going to be, but I am the I am that I am. I know it all. Understand this. Your future is secure. Gaze into heaven and see the God who right now has everything from Genesis to Revelation and beyond living inside of him. And yet he is so able to stoop down and say, I love you. The God who holds the world in place will help you find a parking space. Isn't that just weird? We can't understand it. Because we, you know, I can't multitask. As you could see, I had to, totally distracted by the gum on my shoe. I can't do two things at once. I'm just glad I can breathe and walk at the same time. It helps me. But God can do more than multitask. He holds seven billion lives right now in his hands, but also every life that will ever be and everyone that will ever be and everyone that has ever been. And he listens to all their prayers in one go because he's not stuck on the timeline of time. Isn't that awesome? And yet, he says, you finite little thing that I will make eternal, you are the apple of my eye. God is not on the stage. God is the room. And as we walk into 2022, he's already there. I worked out how that bill was going to be paid. No, I know that you ended up in that university, not that one. I, 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 I work all things together, even the traumas before the world began. I work them together for good. So how do we, with all of our lowly, grumpy, that's just me, not you, irritable, striving state, how do we connect with such an infinite loving God? Well, apparently Buddha's last words were, strive unceasingly. Jesus' last words were, it is finished. I've already done it. Just gaze into heaven and stick with me and you'll be fine. I had a dream about three nights ago. Well, it wasn't a dream. It was, it was audible. I just heard God's voice and it woke me up. It was so loud. And God shouted to me in my dream. Couldn't see anything. But I heard his voice as he shouted, It is finished. It is done. It is done. And I woke up with the second, It is done. We have a God who is fully in control. If you want the greatest prophecy, I'm nicking this from Lana Vorsa. If you want the most accurate prophecy for your word, it's this. For your world this year, it's this. Jesus is Lord. You don't need any other prophecy. He's in control. Keep your eyes on him. Gaze into heaven. Worship him. Thank him. Trust him. And the more gummy it gets down here, the more you stick your eyes on him and say, God, bring heaven to this little bit of earth that it would be a little pocket of heaven on earth right where I live. 
Though there's sickness all around, you are my healer. Though there's fear all around, you are my faith. Though there's confusion all around, you're the light on my path. You're not just with me, you're all around me, before me, above me, below me. Making up for every frailty. Calling me holy while I'm still becoming it. Calling me perfect while I'm still becoming it. You are everything. And so I gaze into heaven at the finished work of Christ and know that I'm as loved as Jesus himself. And I gaze into heaven at the purposes of heaven. And I remember he holds me in his hands. I'm not going anywhere without him.